0: You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engsted, lead analyst at Free Dockets on YouTube, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, stirring up the rumor mill. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Well,
1: it's a weekend. Y'all get a special weekend pod. Woo! Because it's because
0: we're... everybody that has subscribed listened yesterday. So,
1: hey, we did have a crazy uh, amount of people to listen yesterday. So, so thank sh- you. Shout out to all of you guys. Uh, and we talk. could
0: have spread that show out to three shows, but we just we just dumped it all in one megapod. So
1: that's true. That's true. That was probably one of our longest shows we've ever done.
0: I have to also look back <laughs> and see if it was. I'll have to look back on the awesome megaphone app.
1: Ooh, megaphone or Himalaya? But no. Oh I, my man, gosh!
0: It, I was t- I was thinking of Himalaya in my head.
1: Oh, <laughs> I was
0: like, megaphone? there isn't a megaphone app. It doesn't exist. So I
1: thought I was like, <laughs> is this another app? I don't have downloaded. No. Uh man, it's. Now it's the race to free agency. Everybody is super hyped right now, especially if you're a Mavs fan. The possibilities are endless of what could happen. It feels literally... So Nick and I, on our pods, we we have structure a lot of the times. You know, We have stuff planned out. We have stuff planned out for the off season and um, before the draft. We had draft profiles and much... Like we, we plan out a decent amount of pods with the flexibility of where if something crazy happens, then you know we you know we have time we have space to do that for the next week we're literally talking like we have it wide open <laughs> because it, it just speaks for where the NBA's at there's no stuff plan. that comes out every single day and people are listening and so we're dropping pods every day until free agency starts and the mavs are in the news today a little ooh, bit ooh. yeah so the mavs
0: are in the news today uh, at least in the the aggregator news the ag- the aggregators. So we will talk about the Al Horford rumors. We will talk about um, some of the speculation around maybe Kemba Walker. Maybe let's have a Kemba versus Horford conversation later. And then if we have time, um, we might go back and look at some of the draft stuff, talk about winners and losers and things like that. So Isaac, on Brian Windhorst's podcast, which is a very mixed bag of producing co- – Produced content. <laughs> like the people on it, though. Yeah. Love the people on it. Um, they talked about what is called rumored speculation. So, around the league, the the idea is that Al Horford, um, from independent sources to Winhorst and Jackie McMullen, have said that he is, he is now being offered or it's being talked about that Al Horford will claim a four-year, $112 million deal. So that means $28 million per year, which is... If you're a casual basketball fan, and you go to his ba- his basketball reference page, and you're like, yo, this dude just averaged 13 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, a block, and that's it. You're like, "What? what's the deal with this guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> $28 million. Are we... Are we being prisoners of the moment? Well, let's just start with this. Are we being prisoners of the moment in the Al Horford talks that we're valuing him too high
1: because he's just available and the Mavericks could potentially get him? That's a solid question. I think it's a little. Uh, I think it's a little both. I do think there is a little bit of the moment that a um, I want to say perennial All Star. I mean, he's a three time All Star, but a very very good player. Five. Five time all star. Okay, five times. Uh, a very very good player, kind of unexpectedly, uh, hit the market and five. But he's been in the East. I should preference with that. He's <laughs> been in the East his whole career. So what do we take?
0: Like cut those in half. So two and a half time all star. Yeah, it really kind of matters. I don't think he would ever yeah. make an
1: all star team in the West. Well, it's kind of the same premise for like LeBron's finals appearances. So it's like, hey, he's made this <laughs> amount, but it really means like two or three. Um, Always got to find a dig somewhere. <laughs> Always got to find a I dig do, But I, I do think it is probably because I think there is something. I, my heart wants to say no, but I, I think I do agree with you some, or I don't even know actually where you're staying. You just asked me a question. I just asked the question, Isaac. Yeah. that I, yeah. He, it was unexpected. A lot of people didn't think you would hit the market because a lot of people didn't think he would turn down the $30 million And... Bam! He turned down the thirty million. As soon as he, you know, declined the option, a lot of people thought the idea would be, hey, I'm going to decline the thirty million for next year, with the intent on signing a larger term deal. And a lot of people threw out the twenty, you know, the twenty million mark of saying, okay, if he turned down thirty <laughs> for Boston, then he could re-up for Boston for like three or four years, twenty million a year, but you know, it fully guarantees because he's older, it would make more sense and all that stuff. We were on board with that. We were like, yeah, "Yeah, sign me up. Sign me up for, 10 million left. Yeah, Al Horford at, at 20, and then you have 10, yeah. So, uh, now, now obviously the price tags went up, and it plays into, I I mean, of course we know, teams don't tamper. I mean, that's just, that never happens in the NBA. So he probably, he thinks that there might be some teams out there that will offer him a four year, (laughs) uh, a four year deal and stuff, but, it is pretty wild when you think about that people thought thought that he might take a pay cut for next year to get more guaranteed money long-term. This isn't going to be that big of a pay cut, really, if you think about it. Especially one year to one year because they
0: could do a declining deal that starts at like 30, 31, 32, and then goes down.
1: Absolutely. So, like, that's, yeah, the the four-year one 112, you know, in that pod with Windhorse and McMullin, they both said it at like separate times, yeah. and to where they both heard the same thing. And the, the Horford Dallas connection, this is super weird right now because you have Shams, which Shams said you know four four teams: Lakers, Rockets. How in the heck the Rockets are going to do it unless they? I don't know. Shed. Yeah. Chris Paul. All of a sudden, the Rockets are in on Al Horford
0: and Jimmy Butler, and you're like, guys, what are we doing here? We're going to do. But a they love Chris Paul.
1: Paul. <laughs> Chris Paul, it will be back in a rocket series. They could do
0: a sign and trade with Chris Paul to Boston. To Boston, <laughs> that'd be just, that'd just be great. That would finish off Boston and just,
1: but like, but Shams put Dallas's name of those four teams with Horford. Zach Lowe mentioned it when Horace McMullen had you know threw it out there too. Somebody that is-, is
0: floating this out.
1: That is that is the hot team, uh, Kevin O'Connor from the Ring. There's a lot of people talking about. it. I get that a lot of local guys, you know, from Mark Stein, a lot, of, you know, the three guys we trust. Like they've been no, like they yeah. have texted the Mavs and the Mavs front office is saying no about it. But it, McMahon has a different set. This was Mark Stein today, word for word. He tweeted: numerous teams and agents believe
0: Al Horford has a four-year offer awaiting him at free agency worth an estimated 112 million dollars. So there's Stein. That's a third. A third source saying the $112 million. I don't think he listened yeah. to podcasts podcast and was like $112 million. Probably not. 12 million. Sources with knowledge of the because Ma- he only listens to Locked On Maps, I've heard. Yes. Sources with knowledge of the Mavericks thinking continue to insist that such a deal will not be coming from Dallas. Free agency starts in eight days. <laughs> I love how he throws those little things at the end. <laughs> Mark
1: Stein loves the NBA maybe more than we do in the transaction game, as he calls it. He does. He does love it. Now, McMahon said a few days ago, he, he piggybacked on top of Stein's tweet today and quote tweeted Stein and said, yes, I texted with the Mavs and they said no also. But McMahon did expand a little bit on it on that Horse pod and said that during this time of the year, all of these reporters, their main goal right now is try to figure out who's lying to who. And he's like, we're trying to figure out who's lying to us, who's telling us the truth. Like, there is a whole game of back and forth when it comes to information, what can leak, and just everything. So, if you haven't listened to that segment of the pod, go listen to it. But paraphrasing, man, he's like, I feel like I might have been lied to. What <laughs> it, section of that pod is it in? It's towards the beginning, right? The first, like, yeah, first, like definitely 20 in the first or so? Definitely in the first half. I want to say it's around the 20-minute mark. Um, there's a few times in that first portion of, they're like, they mentioned Horford and I think it's when or like, Oh, we'll get to it in just a second. But, um, but yeah, McMahon kind of, he mentions that when he brought it up to Dallas or at least the people they checked in with that, you know, they were like, no way Horford really available. Like they he he even said like, they're almost playing dumb a little bit about it. So, you know, a little bit different. A little bit different tone for McMahon compared to one hundred percent that's not happened. They're yeah. not chasing him at all. So it's a little bit, you know, different if going by just what he tweet tweeted compared to what he kinda or how he approached it on the on that podcast.
0: Yeah, let's uh, let's take a quick break and when we come back, let's discuss this idea of getting lied to, uh, and then a specific example that <laughs> McMahon gave when talking about getting lied to specifically from the Mavericks. All right, Isaac, so in that podcast with Windhorse and Tim McMahon, uh, he talks about how this is the, I mean, this is the misdirection time in the NBA right now, especially between the draft and free agency. We're just going to hear all kinds of different things, and we're just going to talk on this podcast and decipher which ones are true and which ones are not, and that's why we stick to our four guys, our three guys, and we just stick with the uh, you know the sources that we know that are are giving us real information or know how to decipher the real information. But now these guys are having to deal with misinformation too, which is crazy. So McMahon says that when he's talking to the Mavericks about Horford, I feel like I got lied to. Uh, (laughs) I reached out to some Mavs folks, and uh, it feels like I got Harrison Barnes. And what he meant by being Harrison Barnes is a couple years ago when the Mavericks were going to sign Harrison Barnes, he asked them and they immediately denied it. Like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. And then immediately, obviously, they went and did it. Like, they went and signed Harrison Barnes. He said that it. they shot it down for Horford this time in a different way. They didn't shoot it down immediately, but they kind of played dumb. They are kind of like, oh, man, we haven't heard that. Like, that's the way that he kind of explained it. Do you think that that's just a different tactic from the Mavs to try and misdirect this? Because it feels like to me, if you're, if you're thinking about this on a, like a macro level from this Horford deal, the Mavericks – would want to try and show that there's not a lot of interest in Al Horford, right? So that he would want to he would settle for some kind of deal like hey, you're not getting these offers from somewhere else, right? But if the Mavericks are all of a sudden like we need to get Al Horford and somebody else like the Clippers are interested in him, and they all of a sudden come in and have to try and offer a deal bigger than 112 or something like that, then that drives the price up. Whether it actually did or not. And so for the Mavericks to try and like cool down <laughs> to cool down the rumors on you know, the uh, the Al Horford news, I feel like that's kind of smart on them. If they really do want to get Horford, the, if the end goal is for them to get Horford, if that's what they really want, um, then you try to, to cool down your own rumors and seem like you're not as desperate. We were just talking about this with the Lakers deal. Rob Palenka and the Lakers were so desperate. They had to get this deal done because they didn't have any other choices. Everyone's been saying all, you know, since the trade deadline, who's going to go to the Lakers? No free agents are going to go to the Lakers. So, he had to get the deal done. So his back was up against the wall. He had to do it. So anything David Griffin asked, he had to do it. So with the Mavericks, they I push back on that a little bit,
1: but this is not
0: Lakers. He spot. did, but it's just that's just an example. When you when you're when
1: you have that kind of you know desperation or you have that kind of like well I don't man. think he was that desperate though. I don't think he was fully back in the corner like that that desperate. But I bet it
0: feels that way though. I bet it feels that way when everyone's saying that you have no chance with any free agents. And David Griffin is like, I mean, we can just ride this out until the trade deadline and talk again then, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, that's – anyway. So, now with Al Horford, with the Mavericks, you don't want to try to seem, like, super desperate, like, we have to get this guy. Because then you you throw away some leverage.
1: Yeah. I don't know where Dallas stands on this. I honestly don't because – Neither do the main guys either. (laughs) I know. It's just weird because – a lot of you know, one of the big things with Dallas we've talked about before and you know, people talk about it on Twitter is a lot of what they do just doesn't get out. Like they're they're really tight lipped. Cuban joked about last, you know, was it two years ago if Woj isn't getting my isn't getting our draft oh pick and gosh, shut gosh, down the draft hilarious. room and all this stuff, you know. They What was it? If anyone tells Woj you're fired? Yeah. If if they yeah, tip our pick. And he didn't get fired. the mavs pick this year either. No, no, he didn't. Um so yeah, it's just super weird where they could stand on Horford. I, yeah, I think if they are interested in Horford and they do, um, I kind of mentioned this on the pod a few days ago. The Horford thing to everything that we've heard was unexpected, even in NBA circles, not just for fans. So I am super curious on if Dallas does sign Horford, and you know, in, in a few days or whatever, a week or something from now, how much that. Like, how quick did their plan change, you know? how Because that wasn't always on the table, the Horford thing, to where if they've had this plan in place, how much did they just throw out their plan for, holy crap, Al Horford just hit the market, or did some other things strike out and all that stuff? But, yeah, I think it's exactly what you said. If Dallas is interested in Horford and if Dallas wants to sign Horford, then I think the play is to tell the local guys No. We're not we're not gonna be interested or we're we're not in you know, we're not into that to where yeah. So I that's but I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I have no clue yeah. where what is true and what is not on the situation. So, and it it just go well, I just want to say this. It just goes to show with when McMahon being transparent about that, and I love that McMahon said that on the pod. It just goes to show you when reporters report things that even them know that when they report it, it might not be true. <laughs> so that's the, yeah. that's the crazy part about when you're that big in re- reporting world that if you just go off Tim McMahon's tweets and you're just reading his tweets and you didn't hear that podcast today, you're like, oh, look, Tim McMahon, he has a couple tweets saying, nope, not yeah. happening. But then you listen that pod, and he's like, "Man, I feel like I got lied to." But he's reporting on Twitter, no, not happening. And it could be so- one of those things where he
0: tweets it and then immediately thinks, like, "Dang, the way they said that, you know." Like, and he can't just go back and delete it because everybody's already done the aggregating and the screenshotting and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. So it. You know, is Mark Stein feeling the same way? Is Mark Stein tweeting out the same stuff, being like, "Man, did Donnie just lie to me?" <laughs> you know, like, but you know what? I'm I gotta report it anyway because it's part of the business. Or it could be it, this gets even super a different level. Or it is like a wink-wink thing of you ask, they tell you no, you think they're lying, but you know what? They want you, they want you to lie, so you play along with it so it helps them out in the long term. And then Dallas knows that he knows that you're lying, so they're like, all right, cool, we're on the same page. Like, See, it's just all kinds
0: of-
1: <laughs> that got, I just got super, super confusing. If you, if you followed along with that, then you, you kind of understood where I was going with it. When but- you play the game of rumors, you win or you die. Woe is definitely the Night King. <laughs> no, that means he's just going to die and
0: his end story will end so abruptly. Okay, that's true, that's true. <laughs> Um, Let's talk about the idea of Horford again, because we did this a couple of weeks ago, but I feel like we have some newer listeners that haven't heard us give our explanation for why we're in on Al Horford. So, the deal for Al Horford, if even if it's a four-year, $112 million deal, that's the rumored speculation. Hopefully, the Mavs could get it down to four years, a hundred, but... Al Horford actually signed a four-year, 113 million dollar deal back in 2016, and this is how the deal was structured. He did he made 26.5 million the first year, 27.7, 28.9, and then this year, this upcoming year in 2019-20 is supposed to make 30.1. So the Mavs could do that kind of deal. They could also flip it to where it's the the you know backwards 30.1, yeah. 28.9. They could do a descending deal, which would be great for two reasons. One, he's getting older, obviously, and we'll talk about that in a second. Two, because the cap's going to keep going up, and so that deal will become less and less a percentage of the of the cap. Instead of you might think, oh well, we should do it, we should take on less money now. But it's sort of like the you know uh, delayed gratification kind of a, kind of a thing. You want to take on the the brunt of it early when he's most effective, and then yeah. it won't look as bad.
1: The age thing, I I feel like you could go the opposite of that too, though. I feel like you could say if you could convince him to go in the opposite of that, of take a little bit less money now, because you're only going to have so much, so many summers to actually spend. If you convince him to take a little bit less now, to where you could go out and get another guy too, like obviously not the same caliber, but if you go out and get another guy too, then at that point you're like locked in salary wise. And Cuban don't care to pay the tax if they're yeah. going to be really good. No. And then you just resign Luca, you know, all these guys on top of that, you know. Horford could be making a ton of money in four years, but you might be a really good, te- a really good team with everybody else under contract too. So, anyway, keep going. Sorry.
0: Yeah, and the idea is the Mavericks are gonna have money this summer. They won't really have money next summer if they sign somebody, and then the summer after that they should have some money to get somebody, even if they sign somebody, yeah, right? Because uh, Luca will still uh, be under the rookie scale. He'll be like ten. Porzingis will yeah. have a deal. Somebody else will have a deal. Tim
1: Hardaway Junior.'s contract to be gone. I mean, his he'd he'd probably be under a new deal like twenty year. <laughs> Stop it! Get out of here. In in Jesus
0: name, I rebuke that. Um, Al Horford's age though. This has been brought up a lot. Al Horford mm-hmm. just turned thirty three back in uh, back back June third. By the end of this deal, if it's a four year deal, so he's this is his thirty three year old season. Then he'll do thirty four, thirty five. The end of his thirty six year old season is when this contract will end. And there's a chance that it could have, you know, a player option or a team option at the end. And, he, you know, he does something, especially if he's going to be older, maybe it's a team option at the end. Probably won't be because he's signing in a new place. But uh, there's, there's you know, it could just be a three plus something. So, but even at the end of his 36-year-old season, Dirk was an all-star when he was 36, right? Like we have, we. it's not like this franchise hasn't done this before where they've taken a guy that's aging, a big guy that doesn't need athleticism to be effective, that is a really smart basketball player that takes care of himself, that... You know, can do a lot of things on the court well. It's not like they haven't taken one of these guys and and helped him become effective and led him in this area of becoming effective late into his career. So the age I'm not super worried about. It's the money with the age that kind of has me pause a little bit, especially if he's going to make $30 million when he's 36. Yeah. But I'm not worried about him being effective late then. And he's not going to be relied on a lot either. You have Porzingis and Luca. That's the idea is he's a supporting cast glue guy.
1: He's like literally the best glue guy version of, of a guy you could possibly yes. get, you know, as far as like a front court player. Um, I do want to throw this out there too. Let's just say he's obviously, I mean, Father Time's undefeated. We get that. Let's just say it is three years from now and Horford, you know, he he obviously has lost his step or whatever. He's not going to be Chris Paul. Like yeah. Chris Paul, it, there's not a lot of people that like Chris Paul around the league. There's not a lot of teams <laughs> that like Chris Paul around the league. That, that, Al Horford is beloved across the league. People love Al Horford to where if worse comes to worse and you're three years into this and you're gauging around the league, there are going to be some teams that might have a bigger contract and they might have a, you know, a younger guy that they just signed that maybe, uh, I don't want to throw his name um, But to where Al Horford would still be appealing to, you know, some rebuilding teams. If he, if you do hit the trademark, you know, if it's three or four years from now, and you're like, man, I don't know. Horford's making a ton of money. He, w- I'm just saying he would have more trade interest in my opinion, across the league, than maybe some of these other aging, bigger contract veterans, like yes. a Chris Paul, or I'm, I'm losing my mind who.
0: And who he's not nice. going to be making as much as Chris Paul. It's not getting a supermax, yeah. Right. And Bigs have aged better in the NBA than small guards like Chris Paul has. Right? You think about yeah. think about all the guys that have played a ton of games, like the top of the ton of the top of the ton of games list, the top of the most played games in the NBA list is like Robert Parrish, who's huge. Uh Kareem Abdul Jabbar, who's huge. Um, you think of like Kevin Willis, who played till he was like 44. He was a center. I mean, there's yeah. just a lot of. I mean, Shaq played t- for a long time and he didn't even take care of himself that well. <laughs> I mean, big guys last longer in the NBA than smaller guys because once their athleticism goes, that's their advantage because then all of a sudden they don't have any size or anything to rely on. So may, hopefully that eases you, uh, the people that are saying, oh, that would be a terrible, bad contract for the Mavs. Also, the thing about Al Horford, and I read off his stats at the beginning. He he does things that the Mavericks need, and he does things mm. that don't show up on the box score, right? Sets yeah. good screens, plays good team defense, plays help defense, can play one-on-one, can stretch the floor. I mean, he shot 36% from three this season, 42, 43% last year, 35% the year before, 34% the year before that, and then before that, he didn't really shoot threes. But he's a credible three-point shooter. I mean, he's 37% in his last four years, basically. So, credible three-point shooter stretches the floor, and you've seen the gravity that some of these bigs can, you know, can can show. Especially, I mean, you guys just watched Dirk for years. I mean, Dirk can just stand out there, and he's going to pull a center out, you know, out of the paint, and it can open things up for guys.
1: Now, it's something I do, I get completely with this when I've seen people tweet about this, and we've talked about this on this pod. Rick Carlisle has defined roles for these positions yeah. and the questions and the concerns about that I've seen thrown around on Twitter. And I get it completely is Al Horford doesn't fit the Rick Carlisle mold for center. Like but he can do that, though. Like, KP is our pick-and-pop big guy who should be playing the, if we're putting quotes, quote, four position. The five should be a rim roller, you know, a better version of Dwight Powell. Okay, I get that concern because then you would have two pick-and-pop guys and Horford and KP and all this stuff. So, but you're also getting a talent in Al Horford to where I think if, if uh, obviously if they signed him, they would be signing up to, you know, change up the offense a little bit because you would have at this point fi- all five guys on the floor that could hit an outside shot. Oh, say it again, Isaac. Say it again. <laughs> and two of those guys are, you're not sacrificing any size at all. So you, you're having KP and Horford They're <laughs> that two man combo, I would absolutely love, even though it does stray away from the traditional big man role that Carl- Carlisle likes in that system. Um, the, there's something else I was going to mention. Now I'm freaking have a blank. I don't Aww, know. Oh, I can't remember what I was going to mention now. I just don't, uh, yeah, I don't think now. Okay. Preference wise, I still think that Dallas would probably prefer um, a wing and possibly even a guard over a big, if it take names out of it. I think that would still be their preference, but I think you gotta, you gotta look at where the landscape's laying at this point. You, obviously I think it, obviously if you're gonna have to pick between Middleton and horford they're gonna pick Middleton for the most part yeah. but Middleton's off the board if you're gonna if you keep going down the line from Katie to you know clay and all these guys okay well so then you get into these guys of I think the, then the questions would become okay well do we want to pay two guys that like 15 million each? that are mid-tier free agents that you're probably going to have to overpay for a little bit? Or would you rather just spend the money on Al Horford and the player and the person Al Horford is? Al Horford comes in day one. He's the leader of the team. Day one. Yeah, and because that's who he is, and I thought McMahon mentioned something perfect on that pod. He said, "If we want Luka Doncic and K, and Kristaps Porzingis to take that next step as a duo, and for Dallas to get back into title contention, they have to get their feet wet in the playoffs. Like that has to happen. They have to get that experience. Al Horford helps them get that right now. So he and we've talked about this on this pod over, over the past few days. You got to have veterans that are good, it, like JJ, <laughs> wow. like JJ." <laughs> well, like JJ Barea and like Devin Harris, like that's our only Shots. two guys right, right now. Like, and JJ's good. I, I meant like starters that are going to be playing big minutes. You can't, you can't like people, you can't, you can't just surround KP and Luka with three other guys that are under 23 years old that have potential and like, oh, this is great. You got to have some seasoned veterans in there. You got to have the Patrick Beverly types. That's why I love the Al Horford fit because he would even that out. He's been there. He's done that. He's been in the league for a while. He's still a really good basketball player. He would compliment everybody well. He would. I think he would help maximize Luka and KP. Um. I, I just, yeah, the age, the fit, and everything, I'm not worried about Al Horford. Once again, if he's willing to come to Dallas, I would be absolutely in love with that.
0: Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll continue to talk about and debate the Al Horford situation and maybe Al Horford versus Kemba. All right, Isaac, so I pulled up some numbers for Al Horford. Okay. The most pick-and-roll possessions for any player in the NBA last year was Miles Turner with basically 350. Okay, so that's the most. How many pick-and-roll possessions do you think Al Horford ran in 68 games? He played, let's see, about six less games than Miles Turner.
1: How many did you say Turner had? 350. Um, he played six last games. I don't know. 240. 273. Dang. Hmm.
0: The ninth most in the NBA last year. And points per possession. He only ranked, and so for all the players that ran at least 200 pick and rolls last year. So 200 pick and rolls as the roll man. He ranked just behind Gobert, Montrose Harold, Derek Favors. Carl Anthony Towns, Jared Allen, Clint Capella, and then Al Horford in points per possession. He was at 1.15 points per possession. Elite. Wow. He's an elite role man. So I don't think we have to worry about the role man thing. He can do that. Uh, he can do a lot of things, which is why we're so excited about him. He can play with the starting lineup. You can also take him out early. You can put in Dwight Powell to be the role man for, you know, for stretches. You can bring Al Horford off the bench to play with Brunson, which would be Ugh, it would be so good for Brunson to have a guy yeah. like that that can pick and pop, give KP some rest, play the five, uh, you know, play the true five at that point, uh, play next to you know whoever Maxi or, or whoever you put at the four. Um, that would just it would be awesome. I was very encouraged by those numbers. I pulled those up and I was like, dang, I need to share this.
1: Yeah, I mean he's just he's really good on the offensive end. You saw him. I think another part of it is if you do have him and KP in the front court together, you probably have Horford going against the Embiids of the world, and you have seen him against those guys take advantage of those Horford, guys because
0: Horford takes Embiid and he can he can handle Embiid.
1: Yeah, because he can take him off the dribble. And you know, he's he's fast enough. And I get as he gets older, he probably won't have that as he gets older. But the best things about Horford's game, his pass he's a great passer, his outside shot, just his intangibles, everything about that, that's not going anywhere. No. So that yeah, yeah. I I would man, I would I would love Al Horford in Dallas. Yep. And it'll and be a risk. I feel like a...
0: It's a risk for sure. But it's it's yeah. less of a risk. Hopefully all that's that stuff we just said hopes you hope. We hope that it makes you think that it's less of a risk than if it happens. You know, we don't know. Who
1: knows? And I, I get it. There, there's a lot of fans that's anti this happening. I literally just got a text like five minutes before <laughs> we push record on this. And uh, it was just a random text out of nowhere. And a guy said... I really hope we don't go after Al Horford. <laughs> and uh, I'll respond uh, trying to sell him on that. But we don't know. We don't know what happened. There will be more Al Horford stuff that comes out, you know, over the next you know, seven, eight days, and we'll see uh, who that team is. And that that's my question to you. What team is it? Like what – what? Te- if yeah, it's not will? Dallas, if it's not Dallas, who do you think it is? Like what are the teams – what's crazy is even if we just go across the league right now we just scan across the league – What's crazy about it is it's kind of like the it's kind of like doing mock drafts uh, to an extent. You do a mock draft yeah. and you try to predict things, but you never you can never predict trades and what could happen and stuff. Just look at Boston. What the heck is Boston doing right now? Boston, no one even projected them to have any type of like cap space or a player yeah. in a free agency and without and now that, without Rogier they have 34 million. Exactly. They are got 34 million cap space. That's absolutely insane. Okay, here's the teams that have enough space. This
0: is per Keith Smith. That okay. have the amount of space that could sign Horford to that deal, um, the Knicks have seventy million. I don't think Al Horford would want to go to the Knicks. They don't, unless he, there's somebody else is going with them, and even then, I mean,
1: I well, I just don't think the Knicks. I think the Knicks have been pretty open. I think another report came out if they don't get one of those like KD, top Kyrie top. guys, no that point. they're just going to keep rebuilding. Yeah, there's no point. Sacramento, that one, yeah, makes
0: sense. Makes sense. They have sixty-two point six million.
1: Yeah, completely makes sense for uh, for Sacramento. Would Al Horford want to go to Sacramento and just be? Yeah, what do you want to go there? We don't know. So that's a possibility. The Clippers fifty one point eight million. So very much a possibility. But yes. fifty one
0: million. If they're trying to sign Kawhi, he's making thirty two. So all of a sudden, I mean, how much do you? Well, have I think
1: that I think they'd offload Gallo at that point. Yeah, you you'd probably have to at
0: that point. Yeah. Although Horford, Gallo, and Kawhi is your front court is.
1: That would be nasty, but I think a team would, would step in and would take Gallo for free for sure.
0: And it could be the maps. Brooklyn at 48.5, but you have to include Kyrie Irving in that. And does Al Horford want to play with Kyrie Irving again? Mm,
1: I, I don't know. I have no clue what the, <laughs> that relationship's like. Yeah. Indiana 34.1. They were a, they were a sleeper team for me that I was really thinking about heading into the draft especially if we saw them like take a if they traded Turner as a bonus yeah and they moved up to get like a point guard or something and then they kind of had a spot yeah but now they have them both and they just drafted Goga I mean I guess they could but I don't think they would Turner's the guy yeah no not worried about yeah. Indiana Boston no the pelicans
0: they have 30 point 30.3 million already and uh man that is that is a situation I- You wouldn't look at Boston or you wouldn't look at New Orleans and say they're better than the Mavericks right now because of Porzingis and Luka. Like Porzingis and Luka versus Drew and Zion. We don't really know what Zion's impact is going to be day one. Yeah. So if you're Al Horford and you're like, I just want to go to the best team possible. If you're you're Al Horford, you say, I want to go to the best team possible. It's Kawhi with the Clippers if that's what it ends up being. Yes. Then Kings Mavericks. You're like, okay, now he has to make a decision. Does he just look at it and say – I
1: take Dallas over over the Kings. Yes, but sure. you host the Locked on Mavericks podcast. If you look at what Sacramento
0: 100? versus Dallas from an outside perspective and you say, okay, well, this team almost made the playoffs
1: last year. It's Dallas team. Yeah. See, I don't even think it's Sacramento and Dallas. I think it's New Orleans and Dallas. But just, but this goes to our, our board bet of I think New Orleans will be better than Sacramento next year. So then, But then the, it's those four teams, right? It's Sacramento, it's the Clippers, it's the
0: Pelicans, and it's the Mavericks. The Lakers are twenty seven. That's their highest end, and then after that, it's Chicago at twenty point eight. So that's literally the only teams. The Knicks are out. The yeah.
1: uh, Nets, I guess, but well,
0: even Nets, they don't have enough money with Kyrie. So,
1: well, I think a sleeper team that is not being, well that was thrown in there to the Kawhi stuff and Shams mentioned them as part of the four is Philly. If Philly loses out on Jimmy and Tobias, then they can go shopping. And when Shams put out those four teams for Horford, it was Dallas. It was Houston. It was, uh, I think, the Clippers. But then I think Philly was in. No, it was the Lakers and Philly. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. And so, like, Philly's the type of team where, like, what the crap do they do if they don't bring back Jimmy? And and
0: B would love to not have to be guarded by Al
1: Horford. (laughs) To just
0: not have to worry about that anymore.
1: It, but if you're Horford, do you want to go to a team that you are locked to play play the four? I don't know. Does that because that makes you that guarantees you having to run around more, right? Or would you prefer yeah, and, to play and the four and as, as he, you get older? As
0: he ages, we want him to be more of a five. And, he, and yeah, that's what I would even, picture. Even like a guy like him. Nate Jones, who's been an agent and is you know knows the league really well, he's like Al Horford is a five. You know, I don't think that he should play, and he can play spot four, but he's not. He shouldn't be your guaranteed four. So to me that and and the the Sixers they have a four on offense in Ben Simmons. I mean, yeah. In in the half court. I mean, that's basically what he does. So all of a sudden you have Embiid around the rim, you have Simmons around the rim and then you have Al Horford who can I guess space the four too, but then you're not using him around the rim at all. I don't know. Can that, we fully count out
1: the It doesn't seem like it would fit very well to me. Can we fully count out the Lakers though, if they're not going to get anybody else, and if Horford's willing to come, no, would they do it? We can't because the the way that the way that the his first deal that he signed in 2016
0: lined up, it would take 26 million the first year, so and they okay. they'd have about 27. So it doesn't make sense for the Lakers, in my opinion. I don't think it does either, but they could be
1: desperation. That bro. could
0: be the only the only guy yeah. that's <laughs> available to them, you know. So
1: and. I mean, if Al Horford's the only guy available, I'd definitely you know take a swing at it. But, but it's not like they have the Mavericks guys. They have two young guys that are <laughs> – True. They have
0: LeBron and, and Al Horford that will be signing their AARP cards at the same time. So,
1: But Lakers would be a – I mean, they're already a title favorite for a lot of people. True. If we you don't want, even know what the roster is.
0: They're the best team out of all – I mean, unless the Clippers get Kawhi and they keep Patrick Beverly and all that kind of stuff. But – they can sign Patrick Beverly over the tech, so if he wants to chase a ring, that would be. Clippers are probably better if they get Kawhi because I just think yeah yeah, they're, they're supporting cast. Um,
1: would be gosh Horford, Harrell, Kawhi, all those guys. That would be. They uh, have to get rid, rid of Galvez, nice. Shea, Gilgis. Yeah. Yep. Shamit. Oh. Shamit. Lou will. We don't
0: want that. I want the Clippers to not get anybody.
1: Oh no! I feel like. <laughs> Every every team in the West is gonna add a uh, an All Star. Jazz get Conley, Clippers get Kawhi, Lakers get AD. It's like yeah, yeah. Lakers get AD, Mavericks
0: get Borzinga. Sacramento. Oh, gets cool. New Orleans is gonna suck now. They sack lost gets, AD. Nope, sack gets Vooch. <laughs> like all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Pelicans get you know
1: Zion. Um. Jeez. Okay, I feel like we do have to. Hmm. Um, Mick. Uh, do we do we mention anything about
0: Kemba? No, I think we'll we'll maybe hold that we'll for tomorrow. Save we'll save it for tomorrow. We have we're doing pods every day, so let's just save this conversation. This is a conversation we can have later. But we this is their Al Horford case
1: pretty much. Al Horford case. What do you think Boston's doing with their cap? Do you, is there a guy that you think they could or should go after with it?
0: I feel like it's Russell, right? It's a, that's the only one that makes sense.
1: Be kind of fun. I'd, they okay. have they
0: have 34.1 and Russell's Russell's Is like twenty-nine something, right?
1: You know what would flip the NBA upside down.
0: Oh gosh. Hit me.
1: (laughs) If KD and Kyrie stayed or went there. To Boston? Because they if they keep on opening the space, what if they what what if didn't KD meet with them before he signed with Golden State? The Hamptons five. Hamptons is like right near Boston. Yeah. No, yeah. Remember Tom Brady went. Yes, yes. (laughs) <laughs> what if that was what if that's their selling case to Kyrie. the Kyrie's play. leaving but they had to get rid Bill of him to do it would yeah that's the play that, wow they just that's the theory right there Bill Simmons just shut the ringer down wow
0: <laughs> um this is the best deal that's ever been made in the history of the NBA. I mean who has ever signed two guys that are this good in the same summer then
1: Kyrie would have to run it back with all of those guys again oh that, for a whole year. It was ago. all an act.
0: Ooh. It was all performance art. That's what he's been doing <laughs> this whole year. Immediately his Instagram changes and it's less woke. It's just like regular. I'm just a regular basketball player again.
1: <laughs> um. Okay. I have two two points to make and then we'll go. Real quick. I did a th- <laughs> long thread today about Isaiah Roby. Uh, just like I did highlights. Just and you hate him, about him No. I, I like him more. <laughs> I felt a common theme. There are a few tweets at me. A few people quote tweeted, whatever, saying, basically, I'm paraphrasing, why are you hyping this guy up? He's never going to play. Yeah. And my response to that, and I put it on Twitter, but we have no clue what this guy's role is going to be. 45th pick in the second round. He literally could spend half the time in the G League next year, and you wouldn't be shocked. Or he could be one of you know, the- Jalen Brunson 2.0. The, yeah, he could be the ninth guy off the bench. Have no clue. I'm just saying at this point, it's impossible for anybody to say what he's going to be. Because three years ago, Dorian Finney-Smith signed an undrafted free agent deal with <laughs> Dallas. And he went on to start 35 games and played in 81 games. And
0: not last year, but the year before, Maxi Kleber signed an undrafted free agent contract and started the fifth most games for the Mavericks.
1: Exactly. So, and I get, hey, we sucked during those years. And that's why they played. <laughs> but you did, not you wrong. just never... Not wrong. But, but you just never, you just never know. You never know. I know that. I know the maps were super excited about getting Roby. I know we hear the quote. Their guy, you know, this is their guy. We hear that a lot. It was last year with Brunson. Everything, uh, they really did like Roby a lot, and so I don't know what he's going to be this next season. I just know that there are traits of his games, uh, his game that is exciting, and his athleticism, his defense, and his shot. Actually, I, I really like his shot. It just wasn't super consistent this past year. Very Dwight Powell shot. <laughs> Stop it! But the biggest news of the day. Oh no. Luke May to Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> odd, Let's some go! Some odd, I missed that. You know what? <laughs> oh man, that that could be the steal.
0: The steal of the summer,
1: of the summer, right there. <laughs> That's the steal. Uh, it's not, I not Cam love Luke Johnson.
0: May. It's not Kobe White.
1: <laughs> I love Luke it's May, Luke but May. no, he probably he probably doesn't belong in the NBA. I did wow, hear a funny point. Such <laughs>
0: slander It's never been heard of a Carolina Tar Heel ever.
1: I do love him though. Wow, He's a special place in my heart. Is that the meanest Frazier... you've
0: ever been to a Tar Heel on this podcast ever?
1: No, get me talking about Rashad McCants and Sean May. Uh, I like Sean May. Tate Frazier made a point today at the ringer and said, "If the Phoenix was just going to draft Cam Johnson, why didn't they just take him at six and saved all that like I know. all that crap?
0: Maybe they really wanted Sarich. I guess so. Also, Cam Johnson at six, they would have just got lambasted even more." Also, nobody could make sense of anything Phoenix was doing, so.
1: No. The age stuff, I don't, I will argue, I will die on that hill. That age stuff does not. I think it was the injury uh, stuff for me that got me. Oh, uh, whatever. He can shoot the lights out and he's 6'8", and I'm down for he's it. He's got
0: hip issues.
1: It's not like he just missed 50 games. He just played a whole season. Just saying. That's like telling me that, hey, you got toe problems because you stubbed your toe at eighth grade.
0: Well, talking about Dennis Smith Jr. with his ACL that he'd had in high school.
1: I get that. Hey, landing mechanics, Nick. <laughs> got to figure out how he's landing. Wow.
0: Very glad that's not part of my life right now. <laughs> landing Remember when mechanics. that was a thing? Remember, oh, my gosh. Oh,
1: my gosh. He's landing completely wrong. This could be detrimental.
0: What did KFC say on their, their ringer thing? like, I don't know. I didn't see that. Oh, he said something about Dennis Smith Jr. He's talking about if the Knicks could acquire a point guard or if the Knicks were going to draft a point guard or you know maybe get John Moran or something. And somebody said something like, "What about what, what about Dennis Smith Jr.?" Like, I don't care what Dennis Smith Jr. thinks. Get better at basketball. I think I could saw Kurt or Kirk.
1: Uh, quote that. Dang, that's, that's cold, KOC. I don't care what Dennis Smith Jr. thinks. Get better at basketball. Did you see the rumor where Rick Pitino might join the Lakers front office? Stop. That's not true can we get shirts that say Patino and Palenka for double P? <laughs> it's
0: like one of them is written out to the right. Another one is this, use the same P
1: and is written down and it makes a yes. L. Oh my gosh. I would absolutely love that. It would be the best content for days.
0: just, they would have to be, they'd have to do their own hard knocks. Their backstage Lakers would have to become hard knocks. And that way we could get inside the room where it's,
1: Oh, my gosh. Where it's Their front office and coaching meetings. Yeah,
0: Polinka with, <laughs> with Jason Kidd. Oh, man. Magic just making visits every now and Lionel then. Lionel Holland's making stupid remarks about Luka, saying he's not a good
1: player. <laughs> They're playing Dallas next week. He's like, I still don't think he's very good. Robin is over there saying, hey, I hung out with Robin Williams last week. <laughs> hey. Robin Williams. I love Robin Williams. By the way, Genie, the best Genie there. Ever. Well, yeah, Will Smith was really good. Too, I saw man. Toy Story four today. Was it good? It was great. I, I'm kind of out on it. They're gonna like make literally a, a campground fork that I used to eat like pinto beans camping out. As hey, a hey, don't character. you
0: disparage I'm, Forky? He was the great. He was the best character in the whole movie. I'd rather snap Forky. In it's half. Tony Hale. Think of a, it's
1: Tony Hale from Veep and from. I don't even know who that is. Tony Hale from Veep, Arrested Development. Give me a good show he's in.
0: We, are, we can no longer speak. <laughs> Rest of Development is a great show. Veep is a great show. I've never seen either one. I'm sorry. You can't disparage things you haven't seen. <laughs> this opera is amazing. Oh, it sucks. I've never seen it. <laughs> this painting is terrible. Have you seen it? No. Not even, yeah. not
1: even a picture. <laughs> <laughs> All right, That's we're it. done. That's what
0: you just did. You disparaged a show you've never seen.
1: I uh, know. I'm just kidding. It's a great show.
0: You've never seen them, so I'm, your opinion is invalid.
1: <laughs> That's
0: like making a draft opinion on somebody you've never watched. It's not like we've never done that.
1: <laughs> uh, hey, Rashad, Phil- Rashad Phillips does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, this is what happens when we get later in the pod. We, uh, we get
0: in trouble. <laughs> Shout out to the people that make it this far. There you go, <laughs> guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. We'll be back tomorrow. Peace out.
1: Boom.